shock the system. Welcome to Dank Discussions with your host, Calican CEO, Maynard Breslow. In each episode, you'll learn from the trailblazers, leaders, entrepreneurs, and influencers in the ever-moving, ever-growing cannabis industry. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Dank Discussions. Today, we're joined by Andrew Hunziker. Andrew is a, is a CPA, and he's also the founder of Dope CFO. It's a program for accountants that want us to specialize in the cannabis industry. He's an accountant for the cannabis industry. Got a lot of cool stuff going on. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Andrew. Awesome. I'm super excited. I could um, yeah, talk about cannabis, accounting, running a business all day long. So <laughs> it's lots of fun. I love it. Definitely. So definitely we're going to talk a lot about um, what, you know, accounting in the industry, all the fun stuff, you know, especially right now, right. Got a uh, last few days here. Uh, well, for businesses, probably already uh, a month ago already. Right. But, you know, tax yeah. day is coming up May 15th. Probably got people yeah. <laughs> extensions, all that fun stuff. And um, it's not, you know, it's not the most fun thing to talk about all the time. Right. But it's uh, something that we all got to talk about. It's something that we all got to deal with, especially in the cannabis industry. Right. You know, where regulation compliance is uh, times number one. So we'll get into all that. But, you know, as I always say, let's start off easy. So let our listeners know where you're based out of today. So I'm out of uh, Bend, Oregon and Western part of the U S and of course the Western half of the U.S. U.S. is full on cannabis and, and the East coast is quickly catching up. <laughs> with New York and Virginia and New Jersey, the big states are, are jumping on board. So it's going to be fun to watch this year. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. So, so you're in Oregon. I mean, talk to me a little bit about your background in terms of, you know, being a, being an accountant, you know, the cannabis, tell me about your background in cannabis and kind of what led you here to being in uh, an accountant here in, in cannabis specifically. Yeah. So I, in the, back in the 90s, I was in the big four. I, I'm from Oklahoma, which is a very, very red state, almost opposite Oregon. And we moved out here. We, I was in the oil and gas industry, and we sold a, a company in 2010. And, and my wife and I used to visit. This was our vacation place, Bend, Oregon. And we just moved here in 2010. But um, my oldest son, he was, he was stayed back in Oklahoma and, and about age 14 was the first time he got arrested smoking a joint. And um, of course it was on the playground or whatever. And so they threatened to throw the book at him. And it was, it just was an ordeal that lasted about a year. And my son was such a great kid. He wasn't a wild partier. He did. He's super smart. You know, he grew. And, and now we, I'm looking back from 10 years later, he's 25 almost here coming up this month. Um, and so now we look back and it's like, yeah, he was a great kid. And here now Oklahoma's completely reversed positions. And they're like, they're actually Forbes called them the most can cannabis friendly state in the U S but um, when Jack ended up moving out with me when he was 16 to Oregon, and he's been interested in science and chemistry and CBD really way before anyone knew what CBD was, he was actually making it. And um, he's making some amazing CBD right now. And so I kind of indirectly got in the very first contact I had, I was actually trying to help him get a license. And I called a company out of Las Vegas and it turned out they needed an accountant to help them do due diligence to, it was Evio lab. So it's a national lab lab firm and they were starting to, to buy a bunch of labs and they needed help with due diligence out in Oregon. So I um, helped them out and kind of accidentally fell into the space as an accountant. So um, that's kind of my start. 
Wow, no, definitely. And I guess a lot of times it kind of happens accidentally, right? You know, but especially with your son, I mean, you know, I've well documented on the podcast, right? I mean, I started off, you know, around the same age as your son, you know, and uh, even uh, as a street distributor and all that fun stuff. I'm from L.A. A lot of different vibes in L.A. than there are in, o- in, in Oklahoma, right? I mean, you know, I get yeah. the cops and I just schmooze them and they say, all right, get out of here, kid, you know, kind of stuff. You know, or give me yeah. your pipe and make me smash the pipe or whatever else it was, right? But, you yeah. know, in Oregon, I mean, I'm sorry, Oklahoma, I should say, right? So talk to me, I mean, a couple things, right? I mean, how, what was your reaction at the time? I mean, you, you know, was it something like now you're looking back saying, ah, maybe I was a little bit too harsh or whatever else it is. And then also, you know, how, how, what it's like being, you know, being from a state where it's kind of flipped 180 so much. Yeah, it just it makes a great story for me because just over the last 10 years since all that happened, you know, it was their laws were way too harsh on pot. And I've thought about marijuana for decades that, yeah, it's alcohol is legal, but alcohol and particularly if you go back to the 70s and 80s when I was a kid, alcohol was just horrendous. People were just getting in wrecks and, you know, violence and just everything under the sun. Um, but the but pot was treated much harsher. And so I'd much rather have a kid go down the marijuana avenue than the alcohol avenue, which is why my son never drank ever. And so that was much better um, side of things. But then you watch Oklahoma pretty soon after that, they sued the state of Colorado when Colorado went legal, which was, again, showing how much they hated pot. But barely five years later, they fully voted it in. They were letting everyone under the sun get a a license with almost their compliance is really about the easiest in the U.S. And Forbes did call them the most cannabis friendly state in the U.S., which is kind of a joke. It's like, wait a minute, California is the most <laughs> um, friendly state. But now Oklahoma's taken that from California. Um, it's kind of crazy. And, and even the just this whole idea about around, is this a red blue issue? It really isn't. Um, a, a recent Pew poll came out that said nine out of 10 Americans want medical cannabis. So that clearly shows we're not divided. The, the elections in November, we had five red states voted in. We um, it's it's just not it's yeah, maybe more Democratic favorite than Republicans, but many, many, many Republicans are behind it at this point as well. So it's, it's gonna, um, when we have that many people agreeing, we're not going to go backwards on this, this issue. For sure. For sure. I mean, that's kind of like the shame, right? You know, nine out of 10 Americans and we're still dealing with this. And a lot of it has to do with, oh, and then, you know, in terms of California and then now Oklahoma being the, you know, you're saying it's the easiest kind of saying that's, that's probably the reason why, right? I mean, you know, California, some of those compliance issues, you know, licensing, having dispensary growing, all these kind of things, as you know, uh, not easy in the least bit, right? A lot of regulations, a lot of compliance going on. And that's kind of what happens as well, right? We're waiting uh, for the country, right? For federally, uh, for yeah, something yeah. to go down, you know, at least descheduling, all these kind of fun stuff. Um, and as we know, it has nothing to do with support or what the American people want, like you're saying, right? It has to yeah. do with really, you know, bureaucracy, legislation, keeping the money in the pockets of those who have it right now and making sure money doesn't take, get taken out of their pockets, you know, with this kind of stuff going on. So it's uh, still kind of win on their rollout, right? So. Yeah, and it's funny, too. You really got to think through some of these issues are so complex. So on the one hand, it's maybe a hair more Democratic and blue, and it's that's where the movement started, cannabis. 
But on the other hand, the last administration was as bad as tax was for cannabis. The tax rates were really, really good. So if you're an investor and capital gains tax were very low on C-Corps, et cetera. So the tax environment was actually really good in the last administration. And the Biden proposals that are coming through on the tax side are going to hurt cannabis companies even worse, even though, on the other hand, we're probably going to get to legal quicker. But your tax so it's just it's this kind of dualized thing. The overall tax rates are going up, so we better hope they get 280, get rid of that, and deschedule cannabis, or else it's going to be really hard to um, make a profit in cannabis with with the tax rates. Exactly. Sometimes, right, we're seeing not only in California, right, when we legalize it and kind of our reaction to it, but across the country, we're seeing, right, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it, you know. And it, yeah, it also depends, right, who's legalizing it, when it's legalizing, what's the um, you know, I wouldn't definitely I definitely want to call, you know, Kamala Harris or Joe Biden, friends of the cannabis industry or friends of, uh, you know, I mean, you know, considering their record uh, with yeah. drugs and everything like that. And, um, you know, to get too political. Right. I mean, you know, for me, it's uh, it's uh, kind of bipartisan issue. Right. Because show me a politician. I'll show you a liar, especially when it comes to cannabis and all this fun stuff. But be careful what you yeah. wish for. Like I said, <laughs> I get it. Um, so good. So, I mean, so we're talking about compliance, we're talking about regulation, we're talking about all this kind of stuff. I mean, and one of the most, I think, overlooked aspects of any business, right? But I think, you know, maybe you can tell me, you know, in cannabis specifically, right? I mean, talk to me about your experience. So now here you are, right? You're in the cannabis industry and, and kind of, like you said, it kind of fell in your lap, you kind of fell into a little bit, right? But tell me your experience now, you know, being in the industry, talking to business owners, you know, and kind of what's been your experience with them, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, also comparing them a little bit, maybe with your uh, past outside of the industry. Well, it's, it's, I mean, one thing that's been great from day one about the industry, a lot of times the business owners are younger. They're, um, they're very, very passionate about the movement and the product, which is awesome. And it is, and I do believe in the product too, and the medical sides. I think it's a, a huge major thing. I'm totally behind it. So that's been fun. And even from way back, most of these startups have been very well funded. There's a lot of capital. And so that's good as well there because they need it because to, to survive um, in this industry, you need a lot of capital. Um, so that's been good as well. The still trying, and get my message across to business owners. Hey, accounting and tax is super important. Yes, you got to build your brand and your product and marketing and operations, but accounting and tax is very, very important. First and foremost, to run your company and build that solid foundation. But in this industry, you're going to end up needing lenders. You're going to need investors. You're going to have a board. Eventually, you're going to be thinking about M&A and exits. For all those reasons, you want rock solid accounting. And it's not simple in this industry. It's, it's cost accounting. Nine out of 10 companies, in my estimation, are not doing it at all or doing it correctly. And then on top of that, if you're not doing that good cost accounting in your day-to-day -day books, you're actually paying yet more tax because the tax code in the U.S. under 471.11, that, that's the rule for inventory. Well, we in 280E in Canada says you get no deductions and no credits. And so, yeah, you think, oh, a kindergartner could fill out a tax return for a cannabis company. You just Put in your revenues and pay your tax. It'd be like on a postcard. There's no, no deductions and no credits. Well, it turns out inventory is not a deduction. It's not a credit. It's a return of capital. And so we get a 
calculate inventory, but how do you calculate the cost of a plant or the cost of a gram of oil? How do you do that? You do it with cost accounting. Most aren't doing it, but if you do that correctly, the tax code actually gives you even additional cost that you can throw in to inventory, which ends up in cost of goods sold, which means you pay a lower tax bill. So we, we tell companies, not only will this help you run your company better and make your company more valuable, it'll actually save you money on tax and improve your cash flow. All reasons that they should be interested in this. Same with investors. If you're going to pour millions of dollars into some young kid, and I say this a lot because it's like, like my son, 25 year old, he's running the company. Yeah, I wouldn't give my son $3 million without a lot of accounting and investor controls, corporate governance, et cetera. But I've seen it time and again. I've I've helped many investors. Gosh, I gave this guy 5 million bucks and I, I don't know where it's all going. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not a good idea. Other industries, people, that's the funny thing. Investors do not fund other industries this way. For some reason early on, they were throwing money at these companies without any controls. That is starting to change. Investors are waking up and like, wait a minute, I better be a little more careful with my dollars. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it corresponds a little bit to something, you know, akin to the dot-com kind of era, the bubble in that regard, right? Where, you know, there was so much money being made right at the beginning. And um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that it was necessarily a bubble in terms of, you know, it was going away. It was a bubble in terms of how much money was being spent and how little kind of, uh, you know, checks there were for that money and everything like that going on and how it just became astronomical and the system, you know, the couldn't really support that, so to speak. And I think we're seeing that now. And especially as well, the cannabis industry is a little bit different as well. Right. Because, um, yep. Yeah. The, um, and high tech, it's funny you mentioned that because in 2000, I was a full-time CFO at a pretty sizable oil and gas company in Oklahoma. And, and this was, um, you know, sizable, $100 million company. And back in 2000 in that bubble, and I was there 10 years, we invested, I think, in five or six. They came and pitched us from Silicon Valley, um, his brother's investment bankers. So we invested, I think, in five or six startups. And I think anywhere from 100 grand to half a million every last one of them became a zero and lost every penny. And so, and then when I moved out to Bend, Oregon, it turns out Bend, Oregon is actually a vacation hub for Silicon Valley. So all those people down there, it's a, it's a short hour flight from Silicon Valley. We have a ski area and mountain biking. And so they've all got second homes up here. So we have a big high tech hub here now and Bend Adventure Conference. And so I've actually worked with that high tech industry but it's, it's much tougher for them now. Yeah, they've got a really, the investors are, are very smart. They do a lot of due diligence and um, it, it's, yeah, much tougher than it used to be. For sure. They don't just buy the story, oh, that we have no revenues. For, <laughs> better be a better story than that. Exactly, exactly. You know, oh, we'll make money eventually. You know, all that fun stuff. You're yeah. saying pretty quickly over here, it's, it's changing as well now. You know, right, so cannabis you know, accountant, right. And, and all these kind of things. And I want to get into as well, you know, kind of what you're doing to help other accountants as well. But, you know, one of the things is, is I think another misconception is you were talking about, obviously, you know, this, that a kindergartner can do it and, you know, and not really knowing what's kind of behind there. And, you know, I think people kind of sometimes look at it like, oh, well, you're just an accountant in another niche or something like that. Right. Oh, it's just your niche that you're going for. But as you know, it's not it's not it's, there's so much depth to it that you really have to be in it. Right. We get that a lot sometimes. Right. Where, you know, 
cannabis digital marketing agency and people are like, oh, that's a I'm like, nice niche. I'm like, no, it's, listen, you have to know so many ins and outs. Anybody who has a cannabis in business knows that you can't advertise, you can't run ads, you know, yeah. ways of going about it and this and that, the other thing, right? And you can't just make claims. You can't just come start coming out with content that says whatever it wants, you know? Yeah. So I always tell people, I say, listen, whether you come with me or you go with another agency, whatever you're doing, make sure they know about cannabis and that's what they do, number one. Not that you're their first cannabis and, you know, yeah and not this and that right i mean it's the same thing for you right with the i'm assuming right i mean oh you know, yeah just... you got um yeah this it's very complex and i get that question a lot because for our program to help accountants get into the niche they'll get in the phone they're like why is this any different than any other niche and oh by the way it takes a lot more than a kindergartner that i was saying that tongue-in-cheek but um, no, exactly that's what i'm saying is people think they don't oh have... whatever get anybody what do i need Anyone you for do right? it. so but I tell them, first off, they say, what's cannabis is a, if you look horizontally, we've got actually three niches, cannabis, CBD, and hemp. They could each be their own niche and they've each got different situations. But then within each of those, we've got farming and chemical processing, product manufacture, beverage manufacture, distribution, labs, retail. Those are all niches in and of themselves. Retail and farming are as far apart as you could ever get. But you might have that in the same company easily. And same with a lab. A lab is a totally different where you, you have cost of service instead of cost of goods sold. So it's very complex. It takes cost accounting. And it's, yeah, it, if you don't have an expert on your side, you're going to be, be hurting. For sure. Now, you know, talk to me a little bit about, obviously, you know, Dope CFO, right? Talk to me about this program that you have. I mean, is it something uh, that you're t walking accountants through the entire process and teaching them how to do it or just kind of help, helping them get to get into the industry and then they got to figure it out on their own? Or talk to me about what's going on here with that okay. and, uh, and why, you know, accountants should even, you know, consider this. Three, two, one, two, ignition, liftoff. We at Calican are passionate about cannabis and CBD marketing, branding, SEO content, and web design. If you are a cannabis owner and you know you need an uptick in business or an upgrade in the way your customers perceive you, come check us out at calican.com and schedule a time to speak with us today. Well, there. Well, well. First of all, to can even before considering our program, because I talk to a lot of accountants, I say, even if you don't join my program, if you're going to run your own firm as a bookkeeper, CPA, enrolled agent, CFO, whatever, picking a niche, a great niche and becoming an expert is, is probably the secret to a really successful firm over 10 years. The problem is most niches are not great. Can, and I tell people this too. I'm like, that said, if you're going to pick a niche, in my opinion, cannabis, CBD, hemp, is probably 10x or more better than whatever the number two niche in the U.S. is, if you can actually tell me what that is. Um, this is a birth of a movement. We'll never see this again. It's massively underserved. And so, yeah, if, you're, if you have your own firm or you're considering launching your own firm, you should definitely consider this niche because we won't see this again in our lifetime probably. Um, I haven't seen anything like this in 40 years. Um, secondly, what our program is, it's a way to quickly get into the niche. It's more than just a course or education. Um, yes, we have part one is actually education, links and reading and videos where we want someone in 90 days and an hour a day 
to be what we consider a VIP, a valuable expert instructor participant level. You know the accounting, the gap, the cost accounting, the tax, the court cases, even the operations, the brand. What are the best brands? What are the politics? Which own New York legalized or this, that, and the other? Software issues. We want you to be really well-versed. And then we have a marketing system on how we find and price and close these clients. That rolls into the biggest part of our program, which is how we actually serve these clients with world-class service. We call it a firm in a box. We have over 100 work papers and tools that you can use on day one as well. Every last thing from engagement letter through cost accounting, reporting, et cetera. And then layered over all of it is our um, world-class community. We think we're the premier community in the U.S. at this point. There's about 300 of us. We have attorneys, CPAs, enrolled agents, bookkeepers, CFOs, MBAs, you name it. They're in our group, all 50 states. And we very, very active community. It's private. We share knowledge daily, live calls um, pretty much every week. And it's just very, very active community where we share work with each other. We answer questions. We brainstorm ideas. And so that, that's kind of a high level. This whole entire program was an accident. Again, I, I was a CFO through my accidental hi hiring of a, a big farm early on. And, and why did I create all these tools? For myself. I had to have them. We had a pretty high profile group of investors and I simply had to have these tools. And people started calling me up and saying, hey, Andrew, I heard through the grapevine, you had a chart of accounts or a control work paper for a dispensary or a cash control or whatever it was. Can I buy it from you? And so I started actually just selling work papers to other accountants. And that slowly evolved into, hey, do you have any education? Do you have any, what about marketing? How do I price these clients? Or what about, so it, it just evolved over four years to where we are today. And I don't think there's, there's a program like it in any niche, much less than the cannabis niche. That's great stuff, man. That's great stuff. Now, you know, I think you said the biggest part of the program is uh, firm in a box, right? I love that. You know, so talk to me a little bit, you know, give us a taste of, you know, for those out there, right? How are your clients, right? These accountants finding all these, uh, you know, these cannabis owners in these different places, right? I'm sure you're, you know, growers, dispensary owners, yeah. everything around the, around their way, right? I mean, is it something where you're just uh, setting up, uh, you know, click funnel kind of thing and setting up ads and kind of, you know, no, we, what's kind of the, the main uh, way of, uh, of attracting clients there for your clients? As a matter of fact, we, um, so I tell people, actually, I was on a call yesterday. And I, yes, you can use ads and funnels. That is the last way I would go about finding a client um, because you can do so many free things to find them that's beyond easy. And um, in 11 years of being on my own, I've never paid any money to find a client. So whether you are old school and you go, like I'm in Bend, Oregon, and I could go call up a cannabis attorney here and say, let's go have coffee. Hey, why don't we refer work to each other? That's great. Over over the next three years, that may that maybe bring me one client every other year. That's great. You start planting these seeds. You might I might get on LinkedIn and meet join cannabis groups. I might go on Clubhouse. We have had people. I had a guy land four clients on Clubhouse recently. They go to meetups. We go to events. We put on presentations. You know, I found I went to an Oregon. This was way back when. It's called Orca Oregon Cannabis Retailers Association. 
And I just went to an event. Someone asked me, there was like 30 people there, but guess what? About 28 of them were business owners of farms and dispensaries in central Oregon. And I was the only accountant. So it was like being the only fisherman in a huge tank of fish. And it's so we have many, many ways to find these owners. There's about a hundred thousand of them in the U S right now. I think we're going to get to half a million in the next two to three years with company with, with States like New York and Florida and New Jersey, it's going to grow very, very rapidly and they it's underserved. So it's our value proposition of the people in my program, Dope CFO. So if you're in my program, your basic pitch to the dispensary owner is, Hey, you're doing accounting all wrong. I know you're doing it wrong. And I'll show you how, if you want me to show you, here's why you should do it right for like six or seven reasons. Here's how we do it. Here's our value proposition and take it or leave it. So it's pretty easy for the people in our program to pick off clients because they're simply not doing it. They're not, on the cost accounting side. They're not only not doing it right. They're usually not doing it at all. And I, I'll even ask them business. How are you doing your cost accounting? How do you know what it costs to grow a pound of weed? And they give me all kinds of answers, but they're, they're never doing it right. <laughs> it's like, it takes complex cost accounting to figure out how much it costs to grow a pound of your weed on the farm into the day. <laughs> No, for sure. Amazing. And that's, that's all good stuff for sure. And, uh, you know, there, there's plenty out there, like you said, and more coming. So, um, you know, I'm curious as well, right? Because I, like I said, we have a digital marketing agency for many years, been doing cannabis now for a few years. My background growing up was in, you know, cannabis, so to speak, my first yeah. uh, foray into entrepreneurship. And so now just combining them back together the last few years, right? But before I was actually working with accountants, right? And I was, you know, and I got to <laughs> tell you, you know, Accountants sometimes, no offense, right? But they're not the most excited about what they do, right? Yeah. A lot of times they're like, you know, they don't get so excited. You were talking about the passion, right? In the cannabis yeah. industry, how much people love cannabis, how much people love their products, how people, how much people love, you know, the movement and all these kind of things that kind of get, motivate all of us moving together, everything that we're doing, right? Accountants, it was just like, yeah, I'm an accountant. I don't know. Talk to me in October. Talk to me in October, yeah. November. I'm not going to do anything until then. And then, and uh, is that they just, they just look at the, the year around is, is busy season. Right. You You're know? right. And they, um, now I will say that said, and, and I tell people it's actually important to the business owner. They want to see that you're actually interested in the niche and it's just not another client because because now the bigger firms and national firms, the Grant Thorntons and Markham's, they're coming into the space. And I think they're going to have it tough because the cannabis owners, you know, they're, they're sick of, you know, you can call it the man, all the big banks and the big PayPal and Stripe. They're, they're pissed off at all these people not, or the big, the big accounting firm saying, no, I'm not going to touch you. So when they come in now and say, oh, here we are, we want to serve you, there's going to be a lot of pushback. You know what? I'm going to stay with my accountant, Sally, CPA or whatever, um, because she likes cannabis. She came early. Um, and so we're, I'm seeing a lot more of that when people I get in the phone with, they're like, Andrew, look, I use this or my mom used this for cancer relief or whatever. They get it, the pain, the medical side of it. And a lot of people are getting more passionate and, and we, we tell people that too, you know, would you rather serve the dentist niche or the cannabis niche? We go to Las Vegas and have fun at events and conferences. Yeah. Um, cannabis is definitely more fun than other niches. No question about that. <laughs> no, for sure. And the main thing too is right. Is that, you know, 
us in the cannabis industry, we have a BS detector. We have a pretty good, yeah. you know, bullshit. We can smell bullshit from a mile away, you know, so yeah. we can see the guys who are just in here, you know, and that's why, right. You know, we chatted before we came on the podcast, right. Because I want to check the vibe. I want to check why you're in it. Right. Because, you know, it used to be, you know, there's, we have a whole folder of people that we used to record with and they used to never go on because I'd figured out about 10 minutes in that, Oh, well, you know, they just doing it for the money, you know, kind of thing. They're just yeah, doing it because, you know, they're just doing it because it's a good market opportunity, you know, or because, you know, and this and that. And that's why these big brands, they don't succeed. We we're talking about earlier, right? These, you know, these, these are all these guys that have funding and then they're not making the money. You know why? Because the end consumer also has the bullshit detector. They also yeah. see that it's not a genuine, there's no, there's nothing there. There's no integrity there. There's nothing yeah. behind this, this mask, this logo, even this celebrity, right? You can put a yeah. celebrity on there and that doesn't mean anything either. Where is this celebrity? What is the celebrity doing for you? You know, all that kind of fun stuff. So um, I definitely agree. You know, that, uh, you know, it's the anti-man yeah. kind of, uh, you know, industry, right? We've been uh, hiding, you know, for, for a long, long time. You know, we had, you know, I, like I said, I used to have to schmooze the cops and, you know, show up to court and then and I get a slap on the wrist and this and that. You know, you weren't able to, you know, that was when I was, uh, when I was younger, right? You know, and this is uh, before legalization, you know. So anyways, the point being is that uh, we've, we've had to fight the man a long time. Right. And we're not going to yeah, let people you, come in right away and just say, yeah, yeah, for sure. Whatever you want. We're here. We'll give you all our money. And I've seen, yeah, as we especially move eastward companies. Oh, yeah, we got 10 million. We're going to start a processing plant and make extract. It's easy peasy. People that just think it's totally or even farming even harder. Like, yeah, like there's there's nothing to growing weed. I can figure it out. We'll hire, we'll hire it out. So it's yeah. There's a lot of art to this industry too. No doubt about it. Now you and um, you know. So uh, I know we need to wrap up here quickly. You know. So talk to me about you know what's your biggest obstacle that you're still facing. You know, and how are they able to overcome that? So we're um. So again, I'm just trying to educate the niche. You know, I hate it. I am passionate about the niche and the the medical side of it, and even like I, converting my mom, who's almost 85 slowly you know she's the world's biggest anti-cannabis person but she's taking cbd now um, and slowly you inch your way towards towards the plant and um so first off yeah i really want us to get this descheduled so i'm pushing for that as well um if we can get this descheduled the um that just will take being so much relief to the industry and then along with that safe banking act let's get banking open Let's get research and development open. Let's get more accountants. We need good accountants and tax people in the industry um, to help protect people's investments. Social equity is huge. I've talked to several states about that. It's a tough problem. Like, and states are, I've talked to Arizona. Who else did I talk to? The, they want to issue more social equity licenses, but they got to do it the right way. Illinois is an example yeah. of the wrong way to do it, where they, hey, let's pay... KPMG, $4 million. Now, wait a minute. Big four is not even in cannabis. And we're going to go let them pick the social equity licenses. And what did they do? Yeah. They outsourced it. And it's like, let's just use our brains and let's figure out a way. But once we pick a, a social equity license, we got to give them support with capital and mentorship because you can't just start a farm with just a license. You need a lot more than that um as well so there's lots and lots of issues but it's exciting time i think we're going to see i think there's a chance we could deschedule this year 
I mean, Schumer says they're putting a bill forward. The House is ready to go. Would Biden and Harris veto something on their desk? I don't think so. I know Biden's not the best cannabis supporter, but I don't see him vetoing if, if they get some good legislation there. But that's, yeah. I've been told I've told I've been wrong before. I hope you're before. right. I hope you're right. And we're definitely trying to put his feet to the fire a little bit, you know, all that fun yeah. stuff, you know, and hold him accountable. And I love what you said too, right. You know, bringing the right kind of accountants. I think that's what we need as well. You know, just like, uh, you know, we have to vet our clients to make sure we're serving the right kind of people who are doing the industry a service, right. The same thing with you, right. You know, being around here and, and, you know, and uh, letting the right people come in as well. You know, in terms of uh, people yeah. who, like you said, people who, who have experience with cannabis, who love cannabis and want to join the movement for the right reasons. Now, before I, before I let you run, I got to uh, I got to ask, you know, let every, I ask everybody this question, you know, so uh, interested in what you have to say. You know, what is your definition of success? Right. Whether it be, uh, you know, personal, professional, spiritual. Right. How do you define success? Oh, man, that's a that's a hard one. Um You've got, I mean, one, one definition suggests success is just looking at your life where it is right this second and saying, you know, hopefully wherever you are right this second in your life, you feel that your success, whether it's in your personal relationships, your business, um, whatever the, I tell, I have three boys that are all getting to be almost adults and just doing what you love to do. So even like within say being accountant, I absolutely hated working in oil and gas and I wasted 10 years of my life. And so I tell my kids over and over doing what you love to do. That's a huge piece. Like I would rather, and, and by the way, I was paid an insane amount of money in the oil and gas industry back in Oklahoma. And I left because I hated it. Yeah. Um, so it's much better to be involved in an industry that you love and are passionate about it. And you feel like you're making a difference, what you're doing with your work. And um, that to me is, is huge and successful. Um, helping others is a, a big deal too. make sure whatever, whether you're an entrepreneur or you work for a company or whatever, make sure you're giving back in some way as well. That's a big deal. And, and hopefully, yeah, you guys will all be successful out there as well. Um, but yeah, when you just go for money and I kind of fell into that trap industry, I was just an accountant. I was in big four and I got offered a job at this big company and then they started paying me more and more and more money. And I was playing golf and <laughs> miserable. <laughs> you know, it's a hundred percent, you know, it's funny, right? You know, like you said, loving what you do. And, you know, I have a bunch of buddies who are accountants. I have a bunch of buddies who used to be accountants and who quit being accountants, you yeah. know, and I wouldn't say that the ones who are still in it necessarily love what they do. It's kind of crazy. You know, I think, yeah. you know, it, that, you know, it doesn't seem, you know, but I'm, I'm happy that you're doing something that you love. You're initially your love. You found something that you're, that you're doing and it's definitely, a, a, you know, the, the world, my brain doesn't work like your brain. That's for sure. You know, <laughs> but the world needs accountants. And then, you know, so appreciate you now, you know, as we close, how can listeners find out more about you find out about dope CFO, your program and connect with you. So um, just check us out at dopecfo.com. I think there's a big contact button. If you want to send me an email, it's bbe at dopecfo.com. I get all those emails and um, I'm very responsive as well, but I'd love to, I mean, if you're an accountant or bookkeeper or CBA or whatever, um, we'd love to have you in the program. We need a lot, lot more um, as this growth is coming quickly. Very good. Everybody check that out. DopeCFO.com. Reach out to Andrew. He's a cool guy. He'll get you guys going and uh, reach out for him as well. You know, if you need uh, just accounting help, because I know he has a lot of people he ha he can help you. He, the people in his program can help you. Um, now, and, uh, 
one final thing. Yes, sir. The, um, yeah, so um, dope means, of course, weed, but it also means cool and all that. And so everyone knows cannabis is kind of a very cool industry. But we also know all of us accountants are super nerdy, um, introverts, weirdos, um, kind of not cool people. But we that's why we made the name Dope CFO. It's like we're going to be the we're still nerds, but we're going to be the cool nerds. <laughs> <laughs> we always need cool nerds around us. You know what I mean? I mean you know, so, uh, but I love that for sure. So I appreciate you, Andrew. I know you got to run. So I thank you so much for jumping on with us today, uh, adding so much value and I hope everybody at home you or wherever you're listening to enjoyed it as well. I know I got a lot out of it for sure. Uh, so good luck to you, Andrew, and the rest of the year and beyond. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dank Discussions. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. Please make sure you subscribe and leave a review. We want to continue making dank content you want to hear, so give us some feedback about the topics you want covered. Feel free to reach out to us at grow at calican.com. That's G-R-O-W at C-A-L-A-C-A-N-N.com. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter for our latest updates.